Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, the situation's getting urgent for the Vegas Golden Knights. No question, 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and welcome back to the show. Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality, the former heavyweight champion of the uh, National Hockey League, a former Edmonton Oiler and Montreal Canadiens player, Georges Larocque. Hello, George. How are you doing? Everything is so awesome, Bob. The city is buzzing. How are you doing, my friend? Everything is awesome. Wasn't that a song in the Lego movie? I'm, I'm, I'm th- I think it was. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you know, today is the Saint Jean Baptiste in, in Quebec and Montreal, and what are the odds that the day of the Saint Jean Baptiste, Montreal has a chance to eliminate Vegas? The day that the city is already partying, it's crazy. It's, they're celebrating Quebec today, and it's Game Six against Vegas. So, you know, the city is buzzing so much that they they have to call in the army, Bob, because if Montreal wins. You know what? The only, that's the only sad part about it is that there's always bad things that happen, like when they win and stuff, people breaking stuff. But there's going to be so many people on the street. It's going to be insane that people are, like, so excited for tonight's game. All right, George, we got to tell a story here just about partying. You used to host uh, karaoke contests. I don't want to talk about me winning because I won once. Uh, James won as well. Uh, James Was it James Stewart, your old buddy? Uh, he won yes. a couple times. Yeah. Yes, and we're still, we're still really good friends. He's a and great... He's, actually, he's, he's running the, uh, the media in Vancouver and stuff. The CEO is running the, the entire media department in Vancouver right now. Awesome stuff. So he won a couple times. But I remember, uh, so you would have like 60 people, speaking of parties, you'd have like 60 people over to your place, and you called me up one day, uh, and it was on a, like, uh, it was, the party was on like Friday, and, he, and he's like, what time do you got to go to do your show? And I'm like, two. And he goes, all right, well, we got to go to the liquor store to go get liquor. And you bought all the shooter mix. And I don't even, and then you looked at me and said, I don't even, you don't drink shooters, do you, George? I'm just no, I, I, no, no, no. I, what, I, what I used to do when I did the shooter mix, Bob, is I used to uh, I used to ask the barmaid to give me water, and then I would get real shooter mix to everyone while everybody was getting water, well, real shooters, and I was getting water because you know I wanted to be respons- responsible. I was driving and everything, so I wanted to make sure that I was right. going to be okay. Because I remember the bill one time was like fifteen hundred bucks, and you're like, you you looked at me and you said, Bob, are you going to pick that up? And I'm like. Are you kidding me, George? No, I'm not picking that up. And you, you just started laughing. It's okay, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're making exactly. like you're making like seven hundred fifty thousand or whatever it was that year with the Oilers, and I'm like, no, I'm not picking it up. But uh, I, I do remember people having a pretty good time. So, so just so this is a big day in Montreal. So, are, are people getting after it all day long? Are they going to be fueled up before tonight's game? You know what's crazy is that at the tonight's game there's going to be 3,500 people. That's the most the government will allow like the guys to have. But what doesn't make sense? And there's going to be like probably 20,000 people on the street around Bell Center to celebrate. 
so and everybody like side by side like screaming and stuff so how does that make sense to you that there's 2,500 people in the building and outside of it there's like 20,000 and tonight it might be even worse because if they win man there's going to be a parade it's going to be insane because it's already St. Jean-Baptiste also man it, 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 there's going to be fireworks there's going to be so many things tonight it's going to be so interesting so that's why when I'm looking at all this I'm like man tonight Man, it's going to be a special night, and it's going to be amazing because everything that is going on and stuff, people are like, they're pumped up, and they hope that the team wins, and it's going to be insane. So that's why when you look at all this, man, I hope I hope we finish it tonight because, you know, again, there's nothing guaranteed because you don't want to go back to Vegas for game number seven because if you go there, you know, I don't think Vegas is going to lose two games in a row in Vegas. So that's why when I look at all this, Tonight is the night they have to win. The guys, they know this, and it's going to be very intense tonight. Why are Montreal winning the series right now, George, in your opinion? To be honest with you, it's because Montreal, they want it way more than Vegas. I'm looking at all the top guns from Vegas. They're not doing anything. Stone, which is known as one of the best defensive forward and offensive guy, he's, he's not doing anything. That's right, he's pretty quiet. Marcia Sol's pretty quiet. They're all quiet. The top guns are not scoring. Nobody's doing anything. And when you're looking at this, you can't win if your top guns are not they're invincible. And you look at Montreal defense, the top four, they look like they look like four Chris Pringle out there, just like Luke Richardson said when he was talking about them. They're not giving him anything. They're closing the middle. Defensively, Montreal is better. Obviously, Price has been really good, but so has Leonard and Fleury has been good. So the difference is, is really the way that, you know, the whole team is playing, the desperation Montreal is playing every game. Montreal is playing like they're obsessed right now, that the way that they're playing. And it's amazing to see that because they want to win, and they don't care if they play in Vegas in front of 18,000 fans or anything. They're like, you know what? We're going there to win, and we don't care that we're the underdog. And Vegas, with all the talent that they have, it's only the work ethic. The work ethic is not as intense as the one in Montreal, and that's why they can't win right now. And I think that tonight, because they'll be facing elimination, Vegas is going to give the best game tonight. And at the same time, no ones understand why they put Leonard in. They didn't put Leonard in that last game. Leonard wins a big game in Montreal game four. So you think Leonard's going to be a net for, for the game back in Vegas. You put back Fleury in there. Leonard is rested. He's told the game in Montreal, and you don't put him in. That also didn't make sense. So Leonard's back in net. Pressure is on them. But I think that now you'll see more level of desperation. It's going to be a tight game. But on a tight game, you've got to give advantage to the best goalie, which is Price. But again, I would not be surprised as much as love Montreal to win. I would not be surprised to say Game Seven in Vegas. Well, I think Montreal. I think Mon- I don't think Vegas is going to beat Montreal twice. I got news for you. Not with yeah, the- I agree. I agree. I, I, I don't think they can beat them twice in a row. And uh, you know, I just, there's just something about how the Canadians play. Obviously, Price is special. Look, you're a former teammate of Mark Andre Fleury. Is he? You know, you played with him in Pittsburgh. Is he got the right type of temperament and personality to handle what's going on here back and forth oh, between? Yeah. Man, yeah. yes, he does. He, you know, he, you know, he, he was. You know, the, the lack of respect the team showed him uh, last year in the playoff when they signed Leonard during the playoff, and they didn't tell Fleury, and they didn't tell him that Leonard was going to be the goal of the future when Fleury was the goalie that was there when they started the franchise. He was the face of the franchise, even though they show lack of respect like that. He got ready this summer for this season, and he was outstanding this year 
in the season for Vegas all year long, despite the fact that he knows that the future of this team is going to be with Leonard that is longer, that, that is younger, and they, they signed a longer-term contract with him. So Fleury knows that he's gone, but look at the way that he's playing despite knowing that. And, you know, he's an awesome goalie that many teams are going to want when Vegas is maybe at the draft or whatever, they're going to trade him and stuff. But Fleury is professionally is such a great guy. Everybody loves him on the team. He's a winner. And it's unfortunate the carousel of goaltending that they're doing. But, uh, man, he did an amazing job in the playoff. So was Leonard. Other than a 7-1 game, obviously, he lost against Colorado. The last game in Montreal, he stole it for, the, for his team. So Leonard is rested. He's pretty solid. And I think he's going to be pretty good tonight, too. George, uh, when you're doing radio in Montreal and you're talking to the fans the day after the games, were they getting a little bit conspiracy theorists on the officiating? In the two games oh, in Montreal, man. the non-call yeah. on the non the non-call on the Perry play, which should have been an automatic double minor, and then not calling a penalty on Braden McNabb when the Canadians were already on the power play right at the end of the second period of Game Four. For me, that was inexcusable. He punched him right in the face, right in front of Chris Lee. And so, how upset were the fans of Montreal on that? You know, the, the fans they they were calling for the, for his head. They couldn't believe how bad that he was. And the people were so upset. They're like, you know, the league is conspirating against Montreal. But one thing that happened yesterday that all the fans felt better, you'll find this maybe crazy, but when Kucherov got cross-checked uh, yesterday, he got cross-checked. Chris Lee was right there. So people saw there was no call. We saw McDavid agent so mad about it, and he's right. So Montreal fans were just like, oh, he's not just bad with us. He's bad with everyone because – you don't call the cross-check on, on Kucherov, the leading scorer in the playoff. He's right beside him, cross-check in the back. And Kucherov goes down and he's out for the game, maybe the series or maybe the next playoff if they win. My God, if he didn't call that, it shows you that Chris is not just bad against the ab. He's bad against any team. Well, uh, Connor McDavid's played 500 minutes in the playoffs. He's only drawn three calls. He has not drawn a penalty, George, in the last two years in the playoffs. He played eight games. Wow. And he can't get a power play call, so that's Jeff Jackson. Uh, this is not going to go away for the league. They do have. To, here's the thing, George. They got to yeah. protect the. They got to protect the stars because they've eliminated the enforcer, and they yeah. don't let. The, they don't let the teammates protect the play. The star players. So the that's officials true. have got. They just call the damn penalties. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I agree. I know that in the playoff you want to put the whistle away, but at some point you got to protect the players, and if you don't. You know, somebody's going to get hurt very bad. So that's why when I look at all this, to me, it didn't make sense. But I think the league has talked to the official now because the last two games, at least with Montreal, things have been called. So it's been much better. But, uh, man, you know, we understand playoff hockey has to be more physical and you don't ref it like regular season. But the thing, Bob, that, that, that I don't understand is why hockey is not ref like all the other sports. Why referees in hockey control the game? You don't see this in the NFL and the other sports, but in hockey, the referee always try to give a chance to the team to get back in the game. Uh, if you do a call, you make a mistake, you want to even it up and all that stuff. They don't do that in all the other sports. You're a ref, call it the way it is. Call every fault the way it is and then make it even for everyone. Don't try to control the game. You know, sometimes we watch a hockey game, we know a penalty is coming. We know that penalty is coming. The ref is going to call one because of, of whatever reason, right? We could feel it sometimes, and it's not the way it's supposed to be. Call a fault when there's going to be one, and don't call one if there's none. There's no way of 
or, or, or don't try to control the game to make it more fun, more even. You know, at the end of the game, when you pull the goalie, what did the referee do all the time? Pull the whistle away because you want to give a chance to the team to get back because the goalie's not there anymore. And you know he get away with pretty much murder when the goalie's out of the net. But why are you doing that? This is a bad attitude. So that's why all that stuff, Bob, hockey should be ref like all the other sports, call everything. Because after a game, a hockey game, if you talk about the ref, it's wrong. You should never, if you don't talk about the ref in a game, that means they did their job because they should never have a say to, a, to the result of a game. And if they do, then it destroys the game. George, we know you love soccer, European football. The Euro is taking place right now. Uh, France is very good. They had an exciting game yesterday, 2-2 uh, against Portugal. Karim Benzema, who wasn't on France for five years because he made a video about one of his teammates, which he shouldn't have done, yeah. naughty boy. Naughty boy. Uh, anyhow, yeah. uh, what's your thoughts on what you've seen so far? Which country looks really good? Okay, so to start... Uh, everybody was bugging me, since I'm a French guy, was bugging me when we tied up with Hungary. Uh, and then when I saw yesterday the Germans, they tied up with them, I was like, yes, because we got a break. Because I thought for sure, I didn't want to finish in the, like, in the last place to play against, uh, or second place to play against uh, Belgium. Because I don't think we were ready to play them then. Because Belgium is strong. And that's the team so far that looks the stronger. You know, you, you look at England, are sleeping a bit. They can't score. Even though Eric Kane is sleeping, he's dead. Even though he's scoring so much goal in the Premier League with Tottenham, right now he's not doing anything. It's Rashford that is saving that team. You look at Belgium, uh, 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 Germany. Germany, again, with their tied up, they're playing, they're playing against, um, you know, uh, against Ronaldo. And I look at this game, it's a wash, you know. Whatever teams win, they're not scaring me. So, you know, Ronaldo does whatever he can. Obviously, he got two penalty shots against the France. That game, three penalty shots on that game, the first two shouldn't even be penalty shots. Loris, when he jumped in, yeah, he went a bit harder, but you don't give a penalty shot for that. He's going for the ball. And when Mbappe went down again, it's an even-up call that they did. So, anyway, it didn't matter. We, we got lucky with the tie to be finishing first. That's fine. We'll have a warm-up game against the Switzerland. That is awesome. The only thing I don't like is obviously our side of the bracket is much harder than the bracket with England and Germany. But at the end of the day, you know, at least we get a game where now against Switzerland that Benzema now got going. You know, not his penalty shot, but the goalie score was pretty nice, even though they reviewed it at 10. Now he's in gear. And we're going to have a warm-up game against Switzerland, and then we'll be rested for the semifinal and the final. We're winning again. We're winning the Euro Cup, Bob. We're going to be a repeat. We're going to win it. After the, after the World Cup, the Euro Cup will be double champion. And uh, I have no doubt about it. But the only thing that is scaring me right now is Belgium. I, and don't even talk to me about Italy that played on a Z pool with teams that were terrible. And, Ital and because they beat every team, people were like, oh, my God, Italy, Italy. My God, they won the draw. It was so easy. It's like they were playing against kids. When they play against a real team, they're going to get slaughtered. So forget Italy. France is going to win it all, and we're going to sing together on the air La Marseillaise in French. Uh, George, I should mention, England's got to play Germany. That You know what? That's just the wrong team always for England to play. And I had somebody text the show and say, England are like the Toronto May players because England's only they major. Are. Their only major international tournament championship was the World Cup back in 1966, George, and the Leafs haven't won yes. since 67, and they get all this attention every year, and they never win. <laughs> 
I agree. I agree that they like the Maple Leaf. <laughs> that is awesome. That is. I look. I look at the talent on that team too that they have. But you know what? They're not defensively. They've been good, but they're not scoring anything. So that's why when I'm looking at that and stuff, I'm like, nah, they have no chance. Forget it and stuff. So no, they're not. And and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Germany knocked them out. Like, uh, there's no doubt to me about it. Who's your right. Who's you, Who are you rooting for? Uh, I, I kind of like France. I don't mind Belgium. You too. Yeah, well, good. That's I like George. I like teams that attack. I like yeah, teams that, yeah, play yeah. With, that play with. That's why I like Liverpool, right? I, you yeah. know, right. So I like teams that force the play, that play a high press, and I like. You know what? I like that in every sport. I like teams that go for it, that get after it, that push the pace, that attack, that play. Like I like offenses in football that play up tempo. You know, in basketball that play oh, tempo. Right? right. That's the way. George, yeah. you're not just a Montreal Canadiens and Edmonton Oilers insider, but you're also our Euro uh, 2020 insider in 2021. That says it all, my man. Is, is that it? That's all we have? Yeah, I got to get going here. It's already 151. I got to wrap the show up. It's been 18 minutes. <laughs> awesome. Any time, brother. All right. Enjoy the game tonight, George. Take care. Thank you. Thank you, bro. That's former Montreal Canadian Edmonton Oiler, Edmonton sporting icon, and Oilers now. Euro 2020 insider Georges Laroque joining us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. The best pizza in the city still making it great. It's Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza, pizza past and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Escott's a big fan of the Texan. Two, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. This September, travel on a private WestJet charter flight to Whistler. You never know who's going to show up on that, by the way. For four, an opportunity to play four spectacular mountain courses. Details at newwesttravel.com. And here's Brandon Escott. In 2011, the Oilers draft Red Deer Rebels forward Ryan Nugent Hopkins first overall and hulking Swedish defenseman Oscar Kleffbaum from Farstad 19th overall. At one point uh, with Adam Larson and Ryan Strome, the Oilers actually did roster three of the top five 2011 draft selections. Nuge is sixth right now in total scoring from this draft class, 478 points points in 656 games it's going to be an interesting one again i there's a deal to be there's to me there's a i'll i'll stand by what i said earlier on the show the leafs they're in the driver's seat on zach hyman and i believe that hyman will actually re-sign in toronto for less than market value uh boston taylor hall i could see hall getting and when i mean less like i think hyman would get six million a year in the open market i think he'll sign for less than that in toronto i think hall's gonna get six million a year in an extension in boston and boston's in the driver's seat and edmonton is in the driver's seat on nugent hopkins the orders still control his rights there's still time to get a deal done uh we've said all along it's 50 50 but in my mind there's there's an opportunity to get something done there and uh we'll wait and see how that ends up uh, transpiring here Obviously, the fans have an emotional attachment to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That's true. Um, and you know what? If he's your third best forward at six million bucks, given the thing about Nugent Hopkins is he touches several aspects of what the team does. Yeah, he's not a killer five on five in terms of even strength scoring per 60. He's not. Um, he's been incredible in his career on the power play. I mean, he is elite. And that occurred even before Connor McDavid. And Leon Dreisaitl became perhaps the drivers on the Oilers' power play, which has been off the charts the last two years, which is why 
when McDavid can't buy a call in the playoffs for two straight playoff years and Edmonton has the best power play in the league, that's a factor. It's not an excuse. It's a factor. Edmonton wasn't good enough the last two years. They were a good regular season team whose warts were exposed come playoff time. They got to get better. And uh, they got some space now. Financial space could have as much as 25 to $28 million to spend to try to improve the team. It's going to be intriguing to see what Ken Holland gets done on that front. Again, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New S Travel. Experience a great golf holiday to Whistler on a private jet to play for spectacular mountain courses. Details at newestravel.com. All right, here's uh, what we got going on here. Yes, we do. Tonight, game six uh, between the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights in the Bell Center. Puck drop just after six on 6.30, Chad. Tomorrow, guests will include Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Cree Resort Casino. We did not get to uh, Jack Michaels last week on the show. So we're going to have Jack on. Oilers radio play-by-play voice all, season, all off season long. Jack and Cam Moon will be uh, rotating hits with us. Uh, we're going to squeeze Mark Spector in for a quick call at about 12.20 tomorrow and get a draft preview coming up with Corey Promman from The Athletic as well. So loaded show tomorrow. The rest of the day on Ched. Global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell here at 2 o'clock, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. From 3 to 6, Jalen and I with the 6.30 Ched afternoons. And then again tonight, the Golden Knights and the Canadians. Can the Canadians close it out? We'll find out. So long, everybody. Have a tremendous Thursday. Thanks for listening to Winners Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.